Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today, we're doing 1991 Silence of the Lambs, starring Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins, directed by Jonathan Demme. And we're also going to discuss the, how I can't really do math. Yep. So you'll find out what that means in a minute. <laughs> but before that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Okay, uh, I w- The Overnight, directed by Patrick Bryce. We talked some last week about like movies that have been too long, you know, that they're, they're right. today they're two wait two and a half hours every one of them. Yep. Um but the Duplass brothers Mark and Jay have been doing have this production company and they have produced several movies that are all 90 minutes or less. Yeah. And they're all just excellent. These guys are about great. Yeah, they're really good stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're in them, sometimes they're not. This is one in which they're not. Uh this one has um Adam Scott, Taylor Schilling, Jason Schwartzman. Um, and it's about these two couples who get together and they're, uh, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a sort of, it's a comedy, uh, about like, you know, people maybe wanting to swap with one another. Right. Um, swinging. Yes. Yeah, swinging. Mm-hmm. And it's excellent. And everybody okay. should watch it. It's not for everybody. Of course, I shouldn't say everybody should watch. Don't bring your kids to the overnight, <laughs> but, but it is a good movie. If you I, like those people too. I've been seeing this thing on the Netflix queue. Yes. Um, I've been debating on adding it, so okay. sounds like I might have to add Oh, it. yeah, you should. I it's didn't great. know it was a Duplass film, yes. so yes. That, that adds a lot of points for me. Right, definitely. All right, mm-hmm. cool. I watched something not very good called The Fourth Kind. Oh. Um, it's from 2014. Okay. And I, I forget who the director is, but uh, it has Mila Jovovich, Elias Koties. Okay. <laughs> from okay. Uh, Casey Jones fame. Oh, sure, Casey Jones. And right. Will Patton bearding it up. <laughs> Um, basically it's about <laughs> UFO abductions in Nome, Alaska. Mm. And I, they, the way they put this movie together is it's apparently based on real events that happened, but the way they show it doesn't make it seem like it's real. There's these real tapes apparently of this psychologist woman okay. played by Mila Jovovich. Okay. But they show the real tape of the lady and then Mila like reenacting it for the film and they like play them side by side, hmm. and it's kind of interesting, but it's kind of phony and oh, cheesy. Yeah. Okay, and the whole movie's not like that. Most of it is filmed yes. with the actors and done. Yes, uh, with the real life recordings playing in every now and then. The fourth kind is referring to the fourth kind of alien contact. Mm. You know, close encounters of the third kind. You make contact with the aliens. I got uh, you. Like physical okay. contact. The, the fourth kind is abduction. Mm. So these that's a real classification by the government. Wow. Yeah. But um, this movie sucks. Don't watch it. <laughs> it's so weirdly done and uh-huh. just not that interesting. It, it The performances aren't good. Wow. Um, well, maybe they're... By really? Maybe they're not, Codius and, and, and maybe, maybe I'm getting a little harsh there. They're okay. okay. You okay. know, Will Patton's good with his mean mug right. and... Oh, yeah, they're, sure. they're they're good enough, but the movie's just dumb. So everyone stay away from the fourth kind. Well, that's and they just took yeah. it off Netflix, so everyone, you're safe. <laughs> you escaped. You will right. not be making contact <laughs> with this movie. Excellent. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> let's get into our contact about how I can't our contact our <laughs> our discussion on why I can't do math. Uh-huh. This is our twenty-fifth episode. Twenty-fifth. So I had this crazy idea. Let's look back. 25 years ago. Yeah. So I figured that was 1996. Yes, you did. Which is 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So I had this whole thing planned to where we would watch a movie from 20 years ago. Uh So I picked the Brady Bunch movie. It was released 
exactly 25 years ago or 20 years ago if you do your right. math incorrectly right uh to the day yeah but it turns out silence of the lambs was actually released 25 years ago to the day yeah so that's pretty awesome so we get to do that instead of the brady bunch movie. right aren't you lucky audience <laughs> you know dave figured it out <laughs> He, he saw the flaw in my logic and said, you know, 1991 was 25 years ago. And I think Silence of the Lambs was released that day. Yes, so, that's right. That's there we right. go. I, I I couldn't believe what I was, you know, like what, what, I, I had I had it pegged pretty early on. But I was thinking to myself, well, OK, maybe I've got this wrong. Maybe, maybe the Brady Bunch was 1991. But then on the way over to Scott's place to, to record an episode about five weeks ago, I, I just Googled it. And sure enough, I was been right before that it was 1996. And I was like, dude, we got a problem. Yep. Trust your instincts. Yes. Um, right. I'm not always correct. Right. Exactly. Sometimes <laughs> we get things wrong. <laughs> yes, you know? that's true. So we figured let's still do what we were planning on doing, right. kind of. Uh, we were going to also discuss the other movies released 25 quotes years ago. <laughs> right. So 20 years ago, these other movies were released. So you got the Brady Bunch movie, which isn't that bad of a movie, actually. Oh, it's pretty good. It's yeah. not bad. Yeah. Um, a movie called Just Cause. You've seen that, right? Dave? Sure. It's Sean Connery and yeah. Sean Connery Sam Jackson? And Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen this movie. Yeah. It takes place in the bayou. Okay. And uh, Blair Underwood plays this guy who was like, uh, like falsely accused of murder by Larry Fishburne. And... Um, Sean Connery has to has to somehow exonerate him. Okay. And th- there's a quote in it. It sounds of, like 1996. It is very. It's the most 1996 you've ever seen. You know, um, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne looks looks great in it. If you like, look yeah. at the box cover art. He's so good looking with his mustache right. and everything. Oh, it looks awesome. Yeah. Um, but there's a there's a great bad line in the okay, movie. Okay, what is it's that? It's by Sean Connery. <laughs> um, he's ta- they're talking about like the validity of Blair Underwood's confession, and he says, "I'm not going to do Sean Connery's accent." Okay. But he says, "If that's a confession, my ass is a banjo." <laughs> That's the line from this movie. Great. I mean, I don't know. What the hell? I guess it's supposed to be like he's a he's a cop on the bayou. Yeah. And that's the and so he he would compare something to a banjo, I guess. I guess so. Because that's what you do down there. I, I think he would reference a gator or something. You would think. I, I know, know exactly, or 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 a uh, a beignet maybe. I don't know. Like if I, if that's know? a confession, then I'm an alligator. Yes. You know, something like. It would be just as good, I guess. Just as I mean, good just or bad. As dumb. I, I know. What, I don't know. My ass is a banjo. Yeah, that's a line. So yeah, just cause. <sighs> Sean Connery's ass is a banjo, dude. That's <laughs> something I never thought I'd hear or say in my entire life. He probably never imagined that either. When he when he had to say the line, he was probably thinking to himself, "What? I mean, where... he's like, this is the worst shit I've ever said. I'm a knight. <laughs> yes, you know, he's I... a knight. Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So another movie was Heavyweights. A lot of people love this movie. Um, mm-hmm. If you're a 90s kid, it's, you know, it's a kid's movie. They go to fat camp. Yeah. And Ben Stiller is a counselor. So yeah. It's all anyone remembers from that movie. Well, I, I never thought I'd have to, like, talk about Alan Covert again. But but here we are. Oh, you know? God. <laughs> it's like I think he was Lenny in the movie. I remember. Um, was, I, I barely was, remember this oh, movie. Okay. I think it was Lenny. I think that was the guy's name. Okay. But, uh, yeah. He is. Yeah. He was. The, and, and remember, uh, I think Keenan Thompson is one of the heavyweights. He is in there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Nice young. Yeah. All that. Yes. Um, this was Kenan all that. Thompson. This is Nickelodeon <laughs> Keenan Thompson. <right>? Exactly. <laughs> and the mo- main movie I wanted to talk about was Mr. Payback, an interactive movie. <laughs> Let me give you the little description here. Yeah. 
I believe this is from IMDb. Mr. Payback is a killer cyborg sent to punish rude and selfish bullies throughout society. Audiences vote on what types of sadistic punishments Mr. Payback inflicts. Um, <laughs> this was a brainchild of Bob Gale, uh, one of the masterminds of the Back to the Future trilogy. Yeah. And apparently the audience would sit there for about 30 minutes and there's a joystick attached to your seat and you decide which uh, sadistic punishment you want to happen on the on the screen there. Sure. It sounds awful. It, <laughs> it sounds does. bad. It does. And you think about like like if 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 this had been a hit and this had been not like not, you know, like universally panned. Yeah. What what movies would have become? I mean, Hostel would have had this technology. Oh god. You know? Ooh, ooh. It would have been Choose that Your Own Adventure awful. with torture porn. You know? Yeah. I, I wonder if there's something like that out there. There's got to be. I'm sure there is. There's yeah. got to be. There's, there, there, oh, there's definitely like like different, maybe different versions you could buy of the disc that would allow you to like <laughs> see different angles or whatever. Of you know, oh god, for, I don't want to know about Eli Roth's angles or no, anything he had in <laughs> his twisted mind. No, <laughs> but yeah, this this movie is just a weird idea. It like is. this is. Hollywood trying to merge with video games. Yeah. You know, that was big in the early and mid 90s trying to get this whole thing to gel. Sure. And it just didn't work. It still hasn't worked. No, because movies aren't Super Nintendo. Right. You know, you can't put them together. Um, It's an art form. It's not it's not something where where, where you and that's why choose your own adventure books are for children. Yeah. You know, it's 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 (laughs) I I had a a Goosebumps uh, choose your own adventure. Okay. Growing up. Okay. I read it. In order, page one to the last page, not realizing you're supposed <laughs> oh, really? to choose a different page. Okay, okay, okay I didn't sure. get it. Right, right, And right. I thought, this is the weirdest book I've ever read. <laughs> right. I just died. But Man. now I'm in a cave, and then now there's a monster coming down the hallway. Well, so, I don't get it. So you thought R.L. Stein was like a surrealist. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, my. Okay, well, that, you know. <laughs> well, I didn't know what surreal meant back I, then. Uh, probably. probably not, right? <laughs> it, this book was way over my head. This oh, sure, goosebumps. Right, right. This was like James Joyce for you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was something else, I'll tell you that. And then later when I realized that, I felt like a total idiot. Well, sure, sure. <laughs> Uh, but I'm sure if I went to Mr. Payback, I'd feel like an idiot too. You know, I had only the spottiest memory of this movie. Oh, um, you have heard of Mr. Payback? I have. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. even know about it. Oh, really? No. Okay. Yeah. I remember, I remember seeing like previews for it and everything when I was, uh, you know, uh, just going to the movies and like, like the, the kind of as the coming attractions. And I, I, I didn't know what to think of it when I saw the, the previews for it, but then it came and went and I forgot about it until just now. And then I looked it up again before we we're doing the podcast mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, Roger Ebert said it was the worst movie of that year. You know, <laughs> which sounds like it. It's I mean, it's not surprising, you yeah. know. But 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 that I think worst movie of any year is an exalted position. So if if you take the time to put that in that spot, you must have really hated that movie. And if it's coming from yeah. Roger, I'm I'm you know like okay, he he must have a point. He's probably seen every movie from that year. He probably so did he, exactly. He's yeah. probably <laughs> right. probably an expert. Sure, right. <laughs> Dude, he's probably still watching every movie, oh, being deceased and absolutely. all. I mean, he's got it all going into his phantasm brain somewhere. And, and he's probably he's probably rewatching and catching up. <laughs> yeah, you know, like may, maybe he missed something from well, 1937. He's, he's infinite now. Yeah, so, it's all. Know. Yeah, he just like it's. Yeah, it just boots up a program and is in his like in. Yeah, oh he's my in God. the Matrix somewhere. I hope there's an afterlife. <laughs> I hope that when we're dead, we can just be we can just watch watch, movies. watch all the movies and dude. talk movies and think about them and write about them. Now that's life. <sighs> 
that's an afterlife. Just a, just <laughs> an, an, an infinite podcast forever that we just talk about. Yeah. Yep. That <laughs> that, that would yeah. When when the dudes die, we want to go <laughs> right back to the place where all the movies come from. So and we'd be in this form, this physical form, like you know, we'd, we'd be like we are now, pretty much, and because uh, the prime of life, just just much. in like a gray hue. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Look. Like Crimson Peak, right? <laughs> ooh, ooh. I missed that one. Oh, okay. But I wanted to see it. Okay. Um, but then I didn't want to see it. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I have some... Yeah, we, we can talk about this We can get into that in a different right. episode, because yeah, right. we're, we're going long here. So sure. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Stay tuned. to dudes on movies it is time for a review of 1991's the silence of the lambs starring jodie foster and anthony hopkins directed by jonathan demi so dave why don't you give everyone a synopsis all right excuse me okay well so just like we have with other movies where um we're doing something that's like really well known like back to the future platoon right um like the synopsis of this one of course everyone has seen this movie so it's you know it's a young fbi agent in training is given her first real assignment which is to profile and then help catch a serial killer Mm -hmm. um and to do that she has to enlist the help of another serial killer who's locked up so like that's kind of the 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 meat and potatoes like the most the biggest spine of the story you know that's the bones exactly yeah Mm -hmm. but um it's so well known that we're going to talk probably a lot, a lot of behind the scenes stuff on this, on this one. And we'll, we'll be kind of all over the place and uh, like using extraneous stuff. And first of all, we kind of like, I, what, what I'd like to get into first, I guess, um, is the whole thing of how this is one of only three films to have swept the big five right. Oscar categories. Yep. In the case of silence, uh, it was doubly surprising because the movie came out in the dearth of awards season, I mean, like by by the second week of February, you know, most studios, yeah. for for whatever reason, are, are are putting movies they don't have a lot of faith in. Um, they're releasing them around this time exactly. Of year. So it had been 13 months when the ceremony came around that they were remembering this movie um, yep. because it just was that good. Um, it is that good, and it is exactly very good. 25 years later, we were just remarking off the air to one another how much we still love every frame of this movie. Yep. 
And like you said, it's one of three to sweep the big five categories. That's Correct. Best movie, best director, mm-hmm. best leading actor and leading actress, That's and right. um, screenplay, right? Yes. That's best, the big best five. Screen, best screenplay. Um, the other two was It Happened One Night. Mm-hmm. It was that 1939? 34. 34? Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cuckoo's Nest. Yep. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Right. That, the huge stretches between <laughs> yes. these movies. I yeah. Mean, uh, it's very, very rare right. for this to happen. Right. So it deserves every accolade it's exactly. received. Yes. Definitely does. And I mean, like, I, it, it's still, I mean, as good as it is, as awesome as the movie is, it's, it's also so rare that a movie this good, this truly excellent, is so recognized by the Academy. Yes. Um, like, th- that they, they would actually get it right. Okay, maybe, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins has... 20 minutes of screen time, he's the best actor that year. He Give him the trophy. Yes. Because he's the best actor. Mm-hmm. Um, Jodie Foster won the Academy Award two years prior for The Accused, and she's still young. Well, let's give it to her because she gave the best performance. That's what you're supposed to do. A meritocracy. Mm-hmm. You know, they got it right. One, every... Okay, it, it went from 34 to, to 75, so that's 41 years. Then from 75 to, to 91, that's 16 years. Every, you know, decade or more, they do get it fully right. Yep. So we're very close to being due if you're looking at these kind of numbers. You would think you know? so. Right. Uh, so I, I don't think it's going to happen this year. Probably not. But uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe one year it'll happen, uh-huh. you know? Right. Anyways, like we said, most people out there, you've probably seen this movie. And mm-hmm. if you haven't... Obviously, we love this movie, and we think everyone should go watch it. Yes. So you should definitely go watch it if yes. you have not seen this movie. Mm-hmm. I kind of broke my notes down into like three categories, and it's basically all character. Oh yeah, you know, you got Jodie Foster's character Clarice Starling, mm-hmm. right? And then you have Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. as Doctor Hannibal Lecter. Doctor Lecter, right? And you have Buffalo Bill. I forget, who who's the actor? Ted Levine. Ted Levine, right? Okay, um, and. All three of these characters are so strong in the writing oh, yeah. and the performance. Yep. It is you're lucky to get one performance like this in a movie. To have three is incredible. And they're developed like they like they would be in a novel, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and I mean, I, and I don't mean to say that I, I've forgotten until just now that it was actually adapted from a novel, but I mean, That's like, true. like this is a film that that even though it's adapting that story, it's still developing the characters on its own. Um, mm-hmm. And when you can develop them this well, where they're this memorable um, in a screenplay in 120 pages, um, it's it's remarkable, right? You know? And I, I have a couple notes about how they kind of did this with Clarice mm-hmm. when I was watching it. I noticed like the, the movie opens up with her basically running through a training course for the right. FBI, right? And just this scene with the credits sets up her character entirely. Yes, it's got foggy woods with a kind of ominous music over right. it, and that. She's kind of confused and lost in her mind yeah. with what happened to her father and the lambs and all that stuff. Right, right. And she's running. You know, she's running from something. That's a common theme with her. Very good. She runs from the farm she goes to. She's sure. trying to get away. And it has, like, fear and isolation in there. She's out there running, trying to accomplish her goals. Yes. To become an FBI agent. She's yes. She's trying to prove herself. Right. And she's been trying to do that her whole life. Like, this whole First two minutes over the credits completely <laughs> lets you know who this character is. Pretty effective. It is amazing yeah, filmmaking. Right? It really <laughs> is, dude. And sets the tone for the whole film. I know. It's great. <laughs> and and like even even you see it a lot more a little bit later, but um like this movie really seems to uh 
I hate to say this as a man, yeah. uh, but it, it, as, as far as like, just if, if I can ever get a detached, you know, vision of what it must like to sometimes be a woman. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, when, when she's out there, she's jogging in the, in the beginning of the movie, um, you later see her jogging again and the other like male agents yeah. in training are kind of like chuckling at her. Yep. Um, when she's in the, the room with the, uh, West Virginia state troopers, right. Uh, at, at the, the funeral home. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're all just kind of staring at her and she's like in the middle of this throng. Jody's so good in those scenes. She is. Um, like, and so vulnerable, but also like having to like gather her strength yep. and, you know, tell those guys to leave. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's established so well, um, by a male director, by the way, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, pr- pretty awesome. Yeah. And like, she's been dealing with that her whole life. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. um, Hannibal, you know, gets it out of her kind of, yeah. you know, he, he doesn't even get it out of her. He just knows. Yeah. He's like, I forget the exact lines he says, but when he's psychoanalyzing her from his jail cell, he says like all these confusing rendezvous in the back of cars and stuff from your childhood. And so, like, he just knows she's being used by guys her whole life and <laughs> wanting to get out of this small town and do something important because uh-huh. no one takes her seriously. And she's just a woman. Yeah. Quote unquote. Yeah. Um, that says a lot about Hannibal's character too. Just how intelligent this man is, and it's heartbreaking that speech. By yes, the way. <laughs> it is. You know, um, when he and yeah, I used to have that speech memorized. Honestly, it's a great speech. The whole, you know, the, all those tedious, sticky fumblings in the back seats that's, of that's, cars. That's better than I did. Thank right. you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and he's. I mean, I actually was part of my notes. I mean, his extended speeches, I'm still blown away by Anthony Hopkins and all of them. And that one in particular, you know, you look like a rube when he tells her, (laughs) you know, like with her good bag and her cheap shoes. Yep. Um, it's a masterclass of like how an actor needs to like pace themselves when reciting pages of dialogue. Yes. Um, and he's not blinking throughout the whole thing. That's the one thing. I mean, it, he, he managed to become a psychotic just by one, one physical tick of like, I'm not going to blink in this scene. Yep. And, and the camera's just going to stay on him for like That's, maybe 30 seconds at a time and just listen, listen to him talk. The, those close-ups of his face, um, <sighs> you, you get their, their interaction, close-ups on yes, her, him. Right. I forget what that technique's called um, anyways, but he, the camera's right on his face and he's got those glaring eyes. Yes. Looking mm-hmm. into the camera, mm-hmm. not to the side, speaking oh, yeah. to right, Jodie right, Foster. right. We are Jodie Foster. He's yeah. speaking to us. Yes. And we are Clarice at that moment. Yeah. And we're feeling exactly his piercing stare going into our mind. <laughs> As he's saying these incredibly yes. cruel things to her. Like, Yet like profound tr- things. Yes. Like truthful, uh, really cutting, truthful. Yeah, exactly. Like 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 th- things that the, the, the deepest part of herself that she would never want revealed. He's just saying them and he's known her for five minutes. What a dude. <laughs> yeah. He he's a he's a highly, you know, he's a highly perceptive guy. And he's so menacing. Mm-hmm. He's he seems so gentle. <laughs> what a dude. <laughs> what <right>. a dude. <laughs> he's a dude, man. Right. <laughs> he seems so gentle yes. in his nature. Yeah. But just knowing <laughs> what he has done, uh-huh. Combined with how smart this guy is, yeah. makes him the most terrifying thing you've ever seen. When we first meet him, remember, remember in his introduction when she goes over to the cell and he's just standing he's in the middle of the room. Standing there, no prompt, no nothing. How long has he been standing there? Who, who knows? He he may have been there for days, not <laughs> yeah. thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, "Good morning." You know, <laughs> what the fuck? What? Oh man, this is scary. Yeah, you know, he, 
he's crazy. Yeah. You know, he's Hannibal the cannibal. You right. Know? Right. He eats people. Yeah. Yeah. And his pulse never got above 85. Woo, that's chilling. This guy yeah. <laughs> does, he, he get, doesn't get a thrill from it. No. He just does it. Right. Right. <laughs> It's it's um it's it's like yeah it's 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 like a it is it is thrilling for him definitely but but like you said he's just like I'm gonna savor this you know he's relaxed yeah he you're you're at a five star restaurant yeah. and you're getting that two hundred dollar steak and you're just enjoying it mm-hmm. oh yeah your heart's not racing <laughs> when you're eating that dinner <laughs> that's how he's looking at the situation he's just. It's so messed up. It's totally yeah. messed up. I know. What a well-written character. Oh, yeah. And David mentioned these are adapted from the novels. Thomas Harris wrote the the trilogy. Yeah. There was Red Dragon, mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs, and then yeah. Hannibal. Right. And they subsequently made those into movies after the success of this. Yes. It took a few years, but they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't match this one even halfway. No, they don't. Um, there was an adaption of... Uh, Red Dragon before this movie, I believe. Yes, it's called Manhunter. Manhunter. Yeah, which I remember watching it and not really thinking it was that good. Oh, really? I I, I don't remember it that well now. Okay. But at the time, I remember thinking, eh, it's okay. Whatever. Of, of the four like actual move, I mean, well, I, I guess we got to count Hannibal Rising. I guess too. That's the that's. The oh yeah, one. I forgot about uh, that movie. It's yeah, I guess it is pretty forgettable. But the <laughs> origin story yeah, of Hannibal Lecter, yeah, which you don't. Oh yeah. Oh god. <laughs> But the um like the uh, of the five movies, I think Manhunter is number two. It's a pretty oh, distant okay. number two. Okay, but but it's still very good. I um, should revisit it. Yes, it's I think you like it. A decade since I've seen that movie. Probably mm-hmm. it's so. got Tom Noonan. It does. Yeah, Everyone, <laughs> our, our right. favorite actor, Tom Noonan. You know, right. crazy <laughs> yes. cultist. Exactly. Satan That's right. Tom That's Noonan. right. Yep. <laughs> See our House of the Devil episode, That's right. folks. Exactly. <laughs> so, the third character here is Buffalo Bill. Mm-hmm. He is the serial killer they're trying to catch. Yes. Hannibal is being used to get a psychological profile on this man. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know already, he's Buffalo Bill. He kidnaps women and skins them to make a bodysuit for himself to wear. Yes. To be a woman. Right. And he keeps them in a well in the basement of his house mm-hmm. filled with larvae and moths and... <laughs> disgusting shit everywhere <laughs> this man is a real crazy yeah psycho man yeah <laughs> monster he he's the he's the stereotype of like of like the the everybody always people throw the words like serial killer and psycho and creep around today mm-hmm. with kind of just reckless abandon yeah what they're talking about is this guy yeah um like this guy who who's got everything wrong with him that you could have um every every like piece of weirdness that you would not want revealed in in society mm-hmm. like that yeah he's got it and ted levine like we said plays him and i think that his performance has been kind of overshadowed somewhat by the rest of the cast yeah um, definitely and oh and the movie's overall fame has just been kind of overshadowed what, yeah. what is a really good actorly performance but i mean he's really brave in his choices in this movie and um and it's it's somewhat underrated it's, and the mangina scene. Yeah. When uh, he does the tuck. And, yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, like apparently that wasn't in the script, um, but it was in the book. Oh, okay. And they asked Ted Levine, you know, what, do, is, is this something you'd be willing to do? And he said, yes. 
You, um, you didn't see a lot of stuff like that. No. As far as I know, I, at that I, I had, time. I had never seen someone tuck their sack back and in a movie before and yeah. pose for the camera. Yep. Um, I had never seen that. I haven't seen it since. Uh, well, the I did Danish see, girl. Uh, that's right. You're right. <laughs> and I guess Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh, or, or, well, that doesn't count. Clerks 2 was when it was. I'm sorry. Ooh, yeah, that, that counts yeah. less. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> but Full you disclosure, I haven't seen that one. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I, and you know, like it, it's, it's, it's kind of, um, like all his lines about, you know, puts the lotion in the basket and all that stuff. I mean, people like use it for Facebook Those have memes. Been satirized. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and they don't even get it right anymore. It's no. become its own thing. Exactly. Like the way he does it in the movie is totally wrong. Right. From how people remember it. Yep. Um, like when, it puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose mm-hmm. is the line. Yes. And then when she won't do it, he says something like, "It puts put the fucking lotion in the basket? Like, that is he, he, chilling. It is. Because he he's that. very patient with her. And mm-hmm. now it puts the lotion in the... He's referring to her as it. Yep. Um, and he's like narrating the scene. Mm-hmm. And then finally when he's had enough, he just puts the fucking lotion in the basket. Exactly. Like, yes. That's how he yes. does it, and because he's out of patience. When he does that, you're like, "Oh, dude, uh huh." Put it in the basket, right? Put exactly. The Put that basket. thing in the basket, or this guy's gonna fuck you up. You know, um, he's yeah. gonna do it anyways, though. He is, and they know that. I know, and and to, to think of yourself in that situation, just being nude in a well at at the bottom of somebody's house, right? And you can't do anything about it, and and it's it's if it wasn't a movie, and you can't just overpower this guy, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's terrifying. It really is. Yeah. And there's a great scene there when the the girl in the well starts screaming mm-hmm. and he starts like mocking her. Yeah. He starts screaming. Whew. And it's like, wow, this guy really doesn't give a single fuck. No. He's just does this and doesn't have any remorse for it. She's not a person. And when I watched it most recently, I'm thinking he's not as much mocking her as he is like imitating her it looks like he's trying to oh. be he's trying to learn how a woman would scream like oh, that so okay. when he is a woman right. he can do it properly I, that's okay that's I interesting never saw it before last week and i've seen this movie a dozen times yeah and i just my mind was like holy shit that's cool dude that, yeah. that's that's what he's doing there. right that's, that's crazy the, the, these are these are the, like the the discoveries you you achieve on subsequent viewings of good movies yep yep it's it's this hidden thing, right? Um, and I think they they did that consciously. They knew okay. he knew that's what he was doing. Cool. Um, and like we talked about, like uh, his, like Hannibal's other extended speeches. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like uh, we we talked about the one already where where he like kind of defames Clarice. Um, yeah. When he does it to the senator, um, Catherine's yes. mom, I that that's probably my favorite one. I, and it's yep. everybody knows that like it's when he's been brought to Memphis to like uh, to like uh, yeah. parlay with the senator and give him give her information about uh, it's her daughter who's in the bottom of the right. well and he's going to give her information about about Buffalo Bill and where to find him and he just <laughs> I mean like it starts out okay and then he turns into Hannibal and he's doing it while in a straight jacket hidden behind a mask all you see is his eyes and you yep. hear that voice yep and he is just being as hateful and disgusting as you can possibly be yeah and it's gorgeous it, you he, know he has this whole thing he says something about uh did you breastfeed yeah. and then he says something about soldiers when they have their legs amputated yeah. taken from them they can still feel it right tickling yeah and he says tell me senator when your little girl is on the slab where will it tickle you <laughs> 
Oh, referring to her nipples. Oh, man. God. Damn it. What a madman. Oh, yeah. It's it's the most unacceptable thing you could possibly say to someone in this situation. Yes. Uh, Referring to how she raised her child. Yes. How emotionally connected they are through the act of breastfeeding. (laughs) Yes. And how... Her daughter is going to be dead, and she better do what he wants, otherwise that's going to happen. It also establishes, like, the... the hip- and I'm a disgusting human being. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's the, the, the disgusting human mm-hmm. being. Like, because he... he her, Originally, he, like, he like kind of established with Clarice that, I oh, I hate rudeness. You yeah. know, rudeness is unspeakably ugly to me. And he's being as rude as he can be. Yep. In, in the presence of a dignified woman who, mm-hmm. who just wants some help. Yeah, toughened your nipples, didn't it? Oh, Wow. Wow, you're a prick. That's pretty personal shit. It sure right is. There. Yeah. And I mean, on subsequent viewings on the 20th time I've seen it, now I'm laughing at this scene because it's funny to me. It's, right. I'm, I'm getting to enjoy Hannibal's prickishness. Um, but don't you still feel uh, you the, still oh you still the, cuts. the horribleness of yes. it? Yes. You think about what if that was your mother there standing there taking this from Hannibal Lecter? I mean, you, you, you'd want to cut his head off like everybody else wants to in this movie. This man is so confined mm. and held captive, yet he still holds so much power oh, over man. everyone around him. <laughs> he's the it's, shot caller in that it's scene. It's unimaginable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he's he's behind restraints. He can't move anything. And and he's yeah, and he's in charge right now. Yeah. You know? Yep. Because he's the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> Speaking of rooms, they put him in that big bird cage. <laughs> In uh, I yeah. guess it's in Memphis or it's Nashville. Still, it's still in Memphis. <laughs> it's yeah, in Memphis. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they put him, I guess, down at City Hall or something. On the fifth floor, of City Hall. Yep. I guess. Yep. You know where they just keep giant bird cages. <laughs> <laughs> they constructed this big bird cage for Hannibal Lecter, and uh, and it's and it's actually the the site of his last big speech. Um, which mm-hmm. is uh, the last big extended speech, I should say, it, where, when he's talking to Clarice and she he she tells him about the, the that awful screaming of the lambs. Yep. Um, it's where you know, and it it like kind of it kind of unofficially ushers in the third act of the film, but it also like it's it's a it's a great Jodie Foster moment too. Yeah, this is my favorite moment of the movie. Okay, this yeah. this scene between them two. Cool. Let's get into it. Yeah, definitely. Um. I mean, this is where you learn about the lambs, like yep. you just said. Mm-hmm. She's a child. Her father dies on the force, and yep. she's forced to go to a ranch and live with someone. I don't know if it's an uncle or it's something. It's an uncle in Montana. Yeah, yeah, in Montana. And she wakes up one night hearing the lambs screaming, and they're being slaughtered, apparently, right. by the farmers. Yep. As they do. Yep. <laughs> it's just for, right. standard practice on yep. the farm. Yet yep. she's not familiar with it and is frightened by it as a little girl. Right. And she tries to free the lambs, but they won't run. Right. How helpless does that make you feel that you can't do anything to help these lambs, even though you've done everything you could? Right. And she grabs one and runs away with it. Yeah. And eventually can't run anymore because it's so heavy. And a cop picks her up, takes her back, and she's forced to go live in an orphanage because she fucked up the the (laughs) lamb operation or something. This this is where you really learn why Jody is the way she is. That's right. It is so good. And Hannibal's reaction to it. He seems sincere in really wanting to help her. Actually. He does. Yes. He want he maybe he gets pleasure out of practicing this kind of psychology again that right. he never gets to do because right. he's locked in a basement dungeon True. for right. ten years. Right. He really helps her, mm-hmm. and the great thing that this movie does. Yes, Hannibal is a terrible, awful person. Right. But he's not the protagonist, mm-hmm. and you kind of cheer for him. 
in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah, you're identifying with him, yeah. You yeah. You feel for him. Right. Even though he's, you know, eating people and he, a terrible human. He's undeniably an evil person, yeah. I mean, he kills Charles Napier, so, I mean, that automatically <laughs> oh, makes yeah, me mad. dude, fuck but. you, Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, at the end, like, well, like, who who's the doctor? Um, uh, Dr. Chilton? Dr. Chilton, Anthony Heald's character. Yep, yeah. Anthony Heald's character. Right. You fucking hate this dude. He's the biggest villain in the movie, yeah. yeah. I, I would have to say. You, Even more so than Buffalo Bill. I think so, because Buffalo Bill is a maniac. Yes. He, he has problems. Right. We know that. He shouldn't be doing what he's doing. Right. But he's got problems, mm-hmm. and they don't present him to be... They don't... Per, I mean, they portray him to be an awful dude. Yeah. But they don't make you relate to him in a way that makes you hate this guy. Right. But the doctor... He is mistreating his patients. Yes. He is ogling Clarice. That's right. Asking her on dates, looking at her tits. That's right. I mean, I don't know if they show that, but I'm sure he is. Oh, I'm sure the book probably goes into it. Yeah. This guy's a dick. Yeah. And in the end, when Hannibal's going to meet a friend for dinner, (laughs) you don't feel bad at all. You're very satisfied with that part. That is a fantastic ending to this movie. Yeah. (laughs) You you, you are really like, you see Chilton get off the plane, and he says, I'm meeting a friend for dinner, and you're like, oh, oh, he's getting it. (laughs) Yes. Dr. Chilton's getting his. Like, like you're excited about that. Yep. And and it's and it's maybe it's because like of all the things you said, all, you know all the all the like list of crimes you you gave from Doctor Chilton. And it's also because this is a person who you would encounter in life, mm-hmm. like who who should be locked up and will never be because he's not technically committing crimes. Um, yeah. But he is just as rotten to the core as the other characters in this film. Right. He's the abusive prison warden. That's right. You know? that's, right. That's what he is. Yes. Abusive power. Um, and. You know, someone who doesn't deserve this kind of authority, but he has it, mm-hmm. you know? I think another, uh, well, the, 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 we talked about the, the the great, you know, like Jodie Foster and that scene where she's like explaining the, the story about the, the lambs. But um, I also, there was another great Jodie moment that I really loved. It's during the, like her second, after she goes into that garage and finds that head in the jar. Yeah. And she comes back and she... Um, she comes back to Hannibal's like uh, prison cell. He says that like yeah he'll 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 help her with this case, but we're gonna get to do the quid pro quo thing yeah. first. Um, I you, I tell you things, you tell me things. Yeah. And I just loved her in this one moment where she like she's listening to him talk like propose this deal, and she knows time is running out, and she just goes go doctor. Like it, it's <laughs> it's so I I just I just love it. I love it so much of her saying that because she's making a a, a business decision in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm going to tell you things about my personal life because I know it's going to help this other thing. Yep. And I'll I'll do that because that's what you want, and I know what you're going to do to me. You're probably going to insult me some more. Right. But in the end, I'm going to catch this killer and prevent him from doing it again. And then I'll deal with whatever other emotional problems I have later. Right. And that that is her character. She's going to do what she has to do mm-hmm. to catch this guy. Yeah. She's got to prove herself, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the end, at the end of the movie, obviously, you've seen it. They get Bill yep. in a fantastic final sequence. Yeah. Unlike <laughs> anything else, I know. really. I know. It is so good. It, it is. Right. But um, even... Her boss at the FBI says, we couldn't have done this without you, and no one's going to forget that, most of all me. Like, that is a great confirmation of what she's done. Right. And it totally satisfies Mm -hmm. her character. That's right. It is perfect. It really is. And I I, I guess we we, we should talk about the the major showpiece of the movie, which is Hannibal's Big Escape. Yes, yes. Um, When Charles Napier eats it. Yes. Or when... (laughs) 
gets eaten. Uh, yes, <laughs> I, 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 I think he. <laughs> That's not even a funny joke. I'm uh, it's sorry. fine. <laughs> <laughs> he he gets strung up. I believe isn't isn't isn't. I don't remember one? which one is strung up. All I, I know is he when he first does the attack, he grabs his face. Right. So okay, I, I think the other guy is the one whose face gets stolen, and okay. he he changes clothes with Hannibal. Okay. And then Charles Napier is strung up in that eagle pose, yeah. and his guts are all missing. Totally awesome. Maybe eaten by hand. Uh, totally awesome is the word. <laughs> exactly, dude. It's amazing. Um, when they bust like, in that room and see the birdcage with the flags up, it's like, yeah. oh my god! Literally, you know? I literally mean awesome. It is yeah. like, oh yeah, awe. It's awe inspiring. Yes. I know, like, like oh, oh, my life is over because I'm looking at this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is insanity. Right. He's strung up like fucking Drew Barrymore in Scream. <laughs> Five years pre, pre-Scream. Right. <laughs> this is better. That's way better. And there's yeah. like these like ribbons of the American it's, it's flag. Bunting? Kind of? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like at the like at the like at the it, World Series. It's like at the bicentennial or yes, something. Yeah, right. <laughs> and just the way the, the light is shining uh-huh. through everything and it sets like a biblical pose, like yeah. an angel flying. Right, right, right. I, I don't, I don't know what the metaphor is there, really, because uh, religion really isn't in the film a whole lot. No, but I guess, I guess Hannibal just wanted this tableau for whatever reason Maybe. to be discovered. You know, I, who knows? I, I feel like he's studied many religious oh. doctrines. Well, and, he knows uh, all about Dante. We know that. Yeah. So, so yeah, he he had some meaning there. And sure. He's a man of riddles and. Hidden messages. Sure. As so, we, as we, yeah, so, that's right. <laughs> and, and there's a major theme of change in the movie, so maybe it has something to do with that too. Oh yeah. So, so. Charles Napier w- like broke from his chrysalis and and <laughs> yes. became a, a, a moth. Right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Poor Charles. Did I wish he had a cigar in his mouth? <laughs> you, you get a Charles Napier with a big old fat cigar. I'm happy. <laughs> No doubt. <laughs> no, but this is this escape sequence is yeah. so well done. Right, it really is. Hannibal escapes by tricking the cops mm-hmm. by cutting someone's face off and putting it on his yeah. and pretending he's the security guard and he gets out. He pretends to be the dead cop and then he puts his jail clothes on the uh, on the cop and stores his body with the sans face face down on top of the elevator yep. and escapes Within an ambulance because he's like still breathing on the ground, yeah. pretending to, pretending to be like almost dead. They take him in an ambulance, and while wearing the clothes and face of the other guard, he's taken into an ambulance where he then kills the paramedics <laughs> and escapes custody. And you don't see it, which right. is great. Yeah, uh, yeah, because you don't need a, an action set piece. You really don't. With, no, no. With a character who's not an action nope. hero. No, nope. I mean he's not a hero, but an action person. He they, doesn't do action. Right. They just keep showing the aftermath of what happened, and you piece it together in your mind, like, oh my god, how did he do this? How long did this take? How could he possibly have like yeah. strung Charles Napier up and built this tableau? And I first? don't want to know. I don't. I don't I, want no. to see that. No, I don't want. You don't need to show it to me. Right. We can fill it in. Yep. And that makes it all the best. Which makes it cinematic. George Lucas should take notes from this movie. George, you don't have to show everything, okay? (laughs) You rip on George so much. Deservedly so, you know? (laughs) Jackie Chan could take a few notes, too. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, yeah, Jackie. Hope you're listening, too, buddy. You and Ben. (laughs) Oh, Benny. Right. Um, And one of my all-time favorite edits in movie history is when Hannibal takes off the face in the ambulance, smash cut to Cossie Lemons dropping the phone and sprinting down the hall. That's pretty good. 
because she's gonna go tell Clarice. Pretty good. Oh my god, he's out. Yep. You know, it's great. And I can't believe he escapes. Like this, <sighs> this is something else. Yeah. No one is. expected this. No. Not anyone in the film. Oh yeah, yeah. Or anyone watching the film probably <laughs> right. doesn't think this will happen. Right. Because like actually in Manhunter. In the first Hannibal Lecter adventure that we, <laughs> we retreated to, <laughs> he doesn't try to make it, he doesn't try to escape his Hannibal jail. meets Frankenstein. <laughs> it's like you get it in your Happy Meal. Right? <laughs> you get um, six collectible mugs. I wish dude. Ray Liotta. <laughs> it's got Jodie Foster. Right, right. Oh yeah, you get the Paul Krendler collection. Oh, it's like yeah. it's like Ray Liotta and Ron Vader. Oh. You get them together. I'll take the Tom Noonan mug. It's like twice <laughs> as tall. Yeah, dude, that's right. <laughs> dude, I I forgot. I need to mention this. Hannibal. I saw Hannibal in the movies. Yes. Oh, when, yeah. Uh, please do. Let's hear it. I guess I don't remember exactly. Freshman year, sophomore year of high school sure. or something like that. I was not 18. Yeah. And this is an R-rated movie. Mm-hmm. So my friend Colin and I go with our friend Bob, who's a senior, and he goes and buys us the tickets and we all go. I think we cut class that day. <laughs> and uh, we go into the theater and the usher kicks me and Colin out of the theater because we're not 18. This is about 20 minutes into the movie. Oh, for God's sake. And, oh, you know what? We bought our own tickets. I believe it was either for Legally Blonde or <laughs> uh, or The Prince's Diary. Oh, okay. One of the two. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so they force us to go into that theater. So we have to watch five minutes of that movie. <sighs> Only people in the theater, by the way. Yeah. The two of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before we sneak back out and into Hannibal. Excellent. You got back in? We got back in. Awesome. The usher came looking again. Didn't kick us out. All right. He was probably like, fuck this. Exactly. (laughs) I'm 16 myself. Fuck this. Yeah. So we got to see Hannibal. Okay, good. Good. Yes. I'm glad you got to see Hannibal. You didn't have to sit through Legally Blonde again. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyways, that's my Hannibal story. Fine. That's good. (laughs) Now Um, back to the show. Right. Um... (laughs) You know, like, the movie suffered a lot of the same criticisms and protesting as Cruising did. Yeah. Um, we talked about Cruising in a previous episode, everybody. Uh, it's like, Check but, it out. Right. Um, but unlike William Friedkin, Jonathan Demme, like, listened to these LGBT advocates. Uh-huh. Um, and he realized that there was, like, quote, a tremendous absence of positive gay characters in movies. And his next film was Philadelphia. That, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. He, like he, he kind of did take it to heart and he, instead of like kind of arguing with the protesters, e- even whether he felt right about it or not. Right. He was like, okay, uh, m- maybe there is something to this and maybe the villain in all my movies doesn't have to be gay. Right. Or, or transgender in some way. Yeah. Um, maybe we shouldn't have to demonize, you know, this segment of society all the time. Exactly. Um, so, I'm just going to win more Oscars with my <laughs> right, next exactly. movie. Yeah. So. I'll, right. I'll, I'll do, I'll do another prestige film. Only I, I'll, I'll make them the heroes. <laughs> uh, Philadelphia. Go check that out. Oh yeah. So Tom Hanks. Right. Very good. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, there's a couple other things. There's when they go in the basement, like the, the raid at the end of the movie. Yeah. Clarice is solo. And goes into Bill's house inadvertently, yep. not even realizing it's the house. She's yeah, still hunting for him. She's just like uh, chasing down another in, lead. In in another movie, this there'd be a huge lead up to this moment. In this film, we're kind of just all of a sudden it's right there. Yeah, which is good. It's unexpected and done so well. It really is. It feels real. I know. Uh, she gets in there and realizes it's him because mm-hmm. of the moth she finds. Right. 
and he runs down to the basement, and she goes after him. And this sequence is so awesome because this basement's like a dungeon, man. Yeah. There's all these doors that they keep opening and closing. <laughs> There's the room with the mannequins with the flesh on the mannequins yep. where he sews his suit together. Those woman suits. Yeah. yeah. Right. And there's the room with the well. Mm -hmm. There's a room with a bathtub with like rotten corpse in it. Yeah. Do you know who that is or what that is? It, it must have been like the victim before Catherine. Maybe, you know? Yeah, I guess um, so. Because because I know that whenever he has one, he I guess it was the woman before, like the one before the one that was in West Virginia that they dug out of the lake. Yeah. Because he only takes like part of their skin. So it must have been, yeah. I, I it, It's disgusting. I know. I didn't remember that moment until this last week when okay. I watched it. Right. These little things you just see. Because wow. like the, and that, that corpse, do we see it through that night vision scope that he's got no, on? No, this is pre the night vision because okay. Jody's still looking for him in the basement and she opens a door. Oh, I see. And okay, that, yeah. she stumbles into that room okay. and it's disgusting. Okay. Ugh. Um, and I think he cuts the power shortly after that. Okay. And then you get the night vision sequence. Where right. He has his night vision goggles, which, well done. They already established he has night vision goggles previously. Yeah, they did. That's <laughs> he right. He just doesn't all of a sudden right. night vision. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much for yes. making a quality exactly. film. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Establishing something early on. Right. Uh, but what you get here is a great POV of Buffalo Bill. Yeah. And he is following Clarice around feet away from her mm -hmm. and he's even reaching out and almost touching her face right inches from her face his hand it is just utterly terrifying to think you could be trapped in a dark basement and someone could be standing right there almost touching you <sighs> how helpless you are i even with a gun you're helpless yeah she ultimately gets him because she hears him cock his pistol right bad move bill oh yeah yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Cock the revolver before you get down the stairs. You grabbed it yeah. in the in the kitchen. What's wrong with you, right. man? Right. <laughs> now you're dead. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. You could have had a long and prosperous life. Yes. Because Scott Glenn is in <laughs> Illinois right now with the tactical unit. Right. He's riding that chopper. Yes. <laughs> and they don't even know about yeah. Belvedere, Ohio. <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't know about Belvedere, Ohio. <laughs> Dave probably did, I, I, being I, a yes. native. Sure. But... Right. <laughs> Where is that, by the way? Uh, it's somewhere like down, like uh, it's not not from where around I where okay I, where I was from. Yeah, okay, a different region. But yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Right, it's good to know. Dave. <laughs> you had nothing to do with that. Right. Okay. <laughs> I don't actually. You know, the thing is, I don't even know. Now that, if I'm being honest, I don't know if Belvedere is even a real place. It could be fake. Yeah. 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 But um, th th yeah, this is where they get him. She shoots him, right. and the window breaks from one of the bullets. Yep. Lets the light in. There's some kind of symbolism there. Uh, but. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I can't think of it right now. If yeah. I had a few more moments to think about it, I probably could figure something out. But... We're still reeling from being chased in this basement. Yeah. So, you know, this it, sequence right. is so intense. Right. And and that's basically the end of the movie. Yeah. You, you get the phone call from Hannibal, which we've already talked about. Yeah. <laughs> but we didn't mention he calls Clarice and says, have the lamb stopped screaming uh -huh. now that you have your man. Right, and right, right. They have. And she's at the time... Well, when when this call comes through, she's just gotten through her graduation ceremony at Quantico. Yep. She's now an FBI agent. Yep. Um, she's given her badge, and Cassie Lemons takes another phone call and says, uh -huh. Clarice, phone for you. You know, she right. walks over, gets it, and he says this thing, and he's sitting there in a in a beautiful white suit. Oh, man. Woo. This guy's from Havana. Yeah, dude. And his, his, his hair has, 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 he's not slicking his hair back now. Yeah. Um, it's just hanging free. He oh, looks yeah. like Don Johnson. <laughs> It, it yep. looks really yeah. good. Yeah. You know? yep. <laughs> he's going to get blood all over that suit. Oh too. man. You know yeah. It, man. He's going to just, and, and <laughs> you think about like, 
okay, we hate Dr. Chilton so much. This is going to be the finest meal he's probably ever had. Like, the, the, he's going to really relish this kill. Probably. And whatever souvenirs Hannibal keeps for himself as a killer, I guess he doesn't keep souvenirs and then he just eats his right. victims. Right, they, they bring uh, that up at the that, beginning. That's true, yeah, yeah. right. But he's going to really, I mean, I, I think Barney, the orderly, says it in uh, the next mo- movie. Uh-huh. About, uh, he in says, Hannibal. In Hannibal. He says that he always pre- Hannibal always preferred to eat the rude whenever possible. Eat the rude people? Yes, yes. <laughs> Free-range rude, he called them. Free-range rude. Right. Man. So, yeah, he's going to, uh, he's going to love this. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. Is there anything else you want to bring up about this movie? Um, we covered a lot of it, and we could go on forever oh, yeah, we, we could. with this movie. Right, right. Uh, the only th- a couple of things I put in my notes. Um, did you notice Roger Corman was playing the FBI boss who Scott who like calls up and no, tells off Scott Glenn? I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was after they like Doctor <laughs> Chilton. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh well, uh, you know, they, they, did you give a did you tell the a trainee to give him a fake deal? Uh-huh. You know, yeah. Apparently, he, Jonathan Demi was another one of Roger's proteges. Awesome. So yeah. I was yeah. just going to say, what if Corman made this movie? Dude? <laughs> oh, man. It would certainly look a lot different. I've seen it. <laughs> it probably wouldn't have won five Oscars. Yeah, it would have. He would have kept most of the money, probably. And, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. And he's also in Philadelphia. He's one of the like the, the partners of the law firm. Really? Yep. That's awesome. Yep. He's just like, hey, Roger, you know, you were my teacher. Be in my movies. All right. Um, now, now, Jodie Foster didn't come back for the sequels. Do you know why that was? They couldn't uh, work out a financial arrangement. Really? Yeah. So it the, was Julia Moore took it on. Yeah, and I, I I think she also had problems with the script. There as was well. a, a metamorphosis from, from <laughs> Jodie Foster <laughs> to Julia Moore. You know, and it's sticking it, with the themes. I mean, it's so yes, exactly. <laughs> Chrysalis to pupa. Uh, <laughs> That's great. I love yes. when they say that. Oh, me too. I know. Is that, is that the googly eyed dude? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyways, so, um, so there was yeah, no financial. There, there was I, there there was financial problems, and there was like script issues that I guess she just didn't like. And apparently, the book is very different. Um, also, yeah. Um, in the book, Hannibal and uh, Clarice actually hook up. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. That would have been something. But uh, we've talked about doing this movie one day. Uh-huh. Um, and we I think we will. We will probably do Hannibal. Okay. Because I think I think I've actually. We just sat here, talked for a good 45 minutes about how great The Silence of the Lambs is and how amazing uh, we find it and like just w- what the movie has meant to us in our lives. I'm going to admit something here. Ooh. I've probably seen Hannibal just as much. Really? And I know it's not as good. I've seen it maybe twice. Okay. If I think, yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't remember it very well. I have seen it way too many times. Okay. <laughs> and I I just can't, I, I, I must have some kind of affinity for these characters. I don't know what it is. And there is no drop off in quality as far as Julianne Moore to Jodie Foster. No. I mean, it's, it's, they're both, they're both great. Excellent actresses. And anytime you get to see Anthony Hopkins playing this character, you, you're, you're going to take it. Yeah. And of course you have uh, Giancarlo Giannini in the film and he's great, but uh, mm-hmm. th- it's, it's definitely not the Silence of the Lambs. We, we, we all know that. Maybe we'll do this one day. We will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I guess that's it then, mm-hmm. isn't it? Dave, would you recommend this movie? Uh, yes, I would. Yes. I would recommend The Silence of the Lambs. Me too. Yeah. Um, it's obvious. We would both recommend this movie. Right. And everyone needs to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. It's number 65 on the AFI Best 100 Movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Oh, yeah. That's huge. It is. Right. And right. I, on IMDb, which is less prestigious. Sure. Um, 
on their top 250, it's number 23. Yeah. And a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. So the asshole that gave it a bad review, uh, uh, go go eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're Animal's just trying guy, to get right? clicks Jeez. on your blog. I mean, good Lord. Who would give a bad review? To, I mean, I, I, you know, I bet it... it I don't... <laughs> If you it know, was, to each their own. Exactly. How about that? If it was Pauline Kael or it was, you know, Stanley <laughs> Kaufman or whatever, fine. Tell me more about how sophisticated you are that Silence of the Lambs didn't meet your exacting tastes. Uh, uh, anyways, yeah. that's it. So um, if you like what you heard, please subscribe to our show in iTunes, rate it, review it, and most of all, share it with all your friends because you know they want to listen to this. You said it, force dude. your interests upon them. Yes. That's, that's what Christmas is all about. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day, by the way. And it's Valentine's Day, too. The exactly. dudes yes. are having a date with you. They said it, dude. We're your suitors. <laughs> Gentlemen right. callers right here for you. Two for one, Whew, by the way. Dude, what a deal. I mean, we're, yeah. <laughs> My God. Anyway, so yeah, share it. Spread the word. Let everybody know. You can also catch us on dudesonmovies.com. And find everything you want to know right there. Mm-hmm. We are also on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Dudes on Movies. And if you ever want to drop us a line about anything movie-related or whatever, it's uh, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Yep. And we've mentioned it on the last episode. We're doing Oscar movies because the Oscars are in a week or something now. Yeah. I can't, it's can't pretty close. It. Coming right. up. Yep. So our next episode, we're going to do a supersized episode. We'll be discussing all the Oscar nominees Mm -hmm. and everything and giving our picks and talking about some snubs and who knows it and who knows what. That's right. Yeah. Having a good time. Yep. And then after that, we'll review The Godfather from 1972. So, people, you're getting Silence of the Lambs and The Godfather in back-to-back weeks. Oh, yeah. I mean... You know it's a good one. Yeah. This is... This is... This is serious, dude. So, yeah. This... Totally. (laughs) But we really want to know what you guys out there think about the Oscars coming up. We Mm want to know what movies you think are going to win. That's right. Or or who got snubbed or whatever. So go to our Facebook page, comment there. We have a link to our website where you can actually vote. That's right. I spent all week. No, I didn't. Maybe not. (laughs) Putting together these polls. Some time was spent. Yeah, just a little bit of time. Yeah. But... There's polls there with pictures, so it's easy. Uh-huh. Just click on the movies you want to win and let us know. And we'll take your results on the air. That's right. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so on behalf of Dave and myself, we are your dudes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.